You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. If you're not buying now, then when are you going to buy? I mean, it's, you know, I mean, everything's being thrown out the window here. I mean, you know, quality junior babies are being thrown out with a lifestyle junior bathwater. Like, it, you know, their fundamentals don't matter. You know, gold in the ground doesn't matter. You know, companies that have multi-millions of ounces in the ground are, you know, giving no value for these things because the market obviously thinks that the gold price is going to go down to $1,350, $1,400 and stay there. Thanks for tuning in to Mining Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Powers, speaking today with my friend David Erfley from JuniorMinerJunkieWithAY.com. David, welcome back on the show. It's been a little over a month. And uh, from your perspective, do people still not care about what you and I care a lot about, these junior mining <laughs> stocks that we're heavily <laughs> invested in? Is there any foreseeable turn that you see in the near term? Yeah, thanks again for having me on, Bill. Always great to, to talk with you each month. Yeah, I mean, we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. I mean, um, you're, you're seeing positive divergences b- between uh, the miners and silver uh, against gold. You know, we had silver make a, a low and then we had uh, gold break 1675 and, and go lower and silver did not follow. So, you know, when, when you see when you see relative strength in miners and the silver in silver, um, that's that's always a positive sign. Um, you know, but even though um, you're seeing these positive divergences between the miners and silver and the, and 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 uh, gold, um, the juniors continue to be sold for tax loss uh, with capitulation selling. I mean, you're seeing um, uh, bonanza grade results coming out of some of these juniors, and 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 the press release is just used as a liquidity event to sell the stock. You know, because um, it's it, it's that time of year, you know, where tax loss selling is is going on here. And um, I know a lot of people have not made uh, uh, most people have not made a lot of money in anything this year unless you were in, you know, heavily, heavily uh, weighted in oil and gas. And a lot of people, a lot of investors that were are heavily weighted in oil and gas um, do have uh, investments in juniors that they're selling for tax loss. And also when you have someone like Eric Sprott come out and say, you know, you, we saw recently where where um, pure gold is basically filing for bankruptcy um, and he's going to take a hundred million dollar loss, Eric Sprott personally, he basically said, yeah, well, I hope it's 200 million. I could use the tax loss. So, you know, when you hear comments like that, you know, uh, we got more tax loss selling coming up in the in these stocks and these juniors and you never know when it's going to end um, on each particular company, you know, each particular company will, will, you know, will, will, will stop selling off when the last person sells for tax loss. And you just never know when that is. Um, but as far as the, uh, the, the, the GDXJ is concerned, it's really interesting how um, it's kind of following the, the model of, of 2018. Um, you know, we're in, in mid 2016, uh, where we had that huge run up from from the major low in, in late 2015. Um, uh, it, it topped at, at the same month that our uh, peak in August of 2020 peaked. It was in August. And uh, the GDXJ um, sold down for, for, for 26 months and made a an indecision candle on the 26th month, which is September. And it happened again this time. You know, I'm not saying history is going to repeat, but if you take a look at um, the index, it's carving out a rounded bottom while showing uh, relative strength to, to the gold price. So that's very constructive. 
But, you know, we got a Fed meeting coming up tomorrow and, uh, you know, anything could happen, you know, on what the Fed is going to is going to say, you know, it's priced in that that they're going to that they're going to raise another 75 basis points. But what's not priced in is is what they're going to do in in December. Um, You know, it was leaning 50 50. Um, whether they were going to go 75 or, or, or 50 in December, now it's leaning towards 50. If you take a look at the stock market, you know, it continues to climb um, ahead of this meeting as everybody's expecting the, the, the Fed to hit pivot, right? So um, it's going to be interesting to see how the market reacts to, to what's going on tomorrow, you know, and the gold price, you know, 1675, which was a solid, strong floor for so long, has now become a, a strong ceiling. So 1675 is, is strong resistance now and 1620 were at double bottom. That's support right now. So um, if, if it loses that support, then I wouldn't be surprised to see gold sell, sell eventually sell down to 1550, which is a 50% retracement from the, the, the doubling of the gold price from, from late 2015 to 2020. So that's a very real possibility. But if you take a look at what's going on in, 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 in the miners, they, like I said, they're they're carving out the, the, these these bottoms and they're showing this relative strength. So that that is very constructive. But as far as juniors are concerned, you know I've got a I've got a twenty five percent cash position that I'm hoping to see some better bargains. In, you know in, into December. Dave, for silver, do you think we've seen a bottom in silver, or could that also sell down if gold sells down? Oh, it could absolutely sell down. But yes, I mean, it's showing it's showing a stronger bottoming pattern than the gold because it's showing relative strength to gold. And when you have, you know, the metal sell down this much for this long and then you show and you have silver uh, showing uh, a, a relative strength to gold, you know, the silver and the miners basically trade in tandem against against gold, you know, historically. So, you know. When there, when when gold is is you know in an up leg and it and it's showing signs of peaking, you see silver and the miners start to sell off. And then when you see uh, a, a long uh, consolidation correction like we've seen right now for for you know a little over two years, um, when when you start to see relative strength in, in the miners and silver relative to the gold price, and and, and that's usually a sign that it's, it's about to turn. Dave, uh, you're invested in uh, Vizsla Silver and you did a site tour and you did a write-up for Kitco. Now that's an underground silver mine. We've had a lot of failures this year, Arcana Silver, Pure Gold Mining most recently. Underground mining is a lot tougher than open pit mining, okay? It's a lot more complex, we all know that. And labor intensive relative to the ore you pull out. So why did you go for this underground mine considering in this market, you know, underground mining generally is more difficult? Well, I mean, uh, in some of the veins, the, the the widths are narrow, but they've got a Kapala vein where the where the widths are up to up to 10, 12 meters, and the the uh, silver equivalent grade is up to two thousand grams. So, um, you know, and I really like the project. Um, uh, uh, you know, um, as far as their aggressive approach to to exploration. And but, but first, their aggressive approach to tie up the entire district beforehand. They're kind of following the the Silvercrest Las Chispas model, where they you know the, the, uh, uh, a huge district is tied up, and you aggressively drill it when you have these bonanza grade results, and follow them up. And it's, it's a huge uh, district scale size land package, and they're they're finding these you know these bonanza grades all over the place in these in these three main veins. And they just keep making all these discoveries, and um, 
they're like I said, they're taking this aggressive approach. You know, they 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 heard that they they um had an aggressive uh drill program out of the gate for first phase, and they came out with a hundred hundred million ounce, you know, uh, silver equivalent uh maiden resource, and they're about to release uh, another one, which uh, uh, an updated resource, which uh, management feels could be up to seventy percent larger, uh, you know, added on to, to to the to the resource, and then they're 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 you know in, in in talks of raising more money to do a phase three aggressive program, and then uh, wind up that you know wrap up that program with another uh, mineral resource estimate. That would go into a PEA, so they are already expecting uh, a 20 million ounce uh, per year project. And uh, there's, you know, there's there's two power lines on the project. They will have to build a substation to get it to get that much power, but it's all doable. You know, they have they have all these working agreements with the local people, the Ajitos there, and uh, um, there's skilled labor. You know, in in a town that we drove right through to get to, to the project. You know, it's it's an hour from Mazatlan, which is you know has an international airport, and a deep sea, and a deep sea port. So you know, it's got a lot of things going for it. Um, so I, I really like the the project, and I like. It. Uh, we saw the United States government issue sanctions against uh, Nicaragua, which affected your investment in Calibre. And you sold that. Can you talk us through the rationale of selling it? And as you do that, something I've been thinking through as a speculator, we invest or we speculate based on probabilities. So an investment thesis could be solid, but you never know what's going to happen, right? Nobody knows the future. So do you consider this a failed investment or how, how would you describe what happened here? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is why we never put so much, you know, uh, too much money into one company. It's it's always good to have a basket of these things. I don't care how good it looks on paper. And you know, Calibre was doing everything right. You know, they're they're, they're making gobs of money in Nicaragua. You know, they 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 bought um, they bought out uh, Fiore to diversify their their jurisdiction risk with uh, a fantastic project in Nevada that that they're producing also. And funny thing is, is I was about to go on a site visit there uh, when this when this news came over the wire. And, you know, this is why, um, as first of all, you know, why I, I get up very early in the morning and the first thing I do is, is scour the news. You know, I'm constantly looking at the news, especially in an environment like this, where something could trip up any of your investments, you know, because Nicaragua is, you know, is, is kind of a risky jurisdiction. So, you know, and I knew this, but, uh, you know, the company does such a great job of, of building a growth oriented producer without any debt. You know, they've got 92 million cash. They have no debt. You know, they're, they're doing really well at these operations. You know, they got a great working relationship with the government. You know, this, this came just right out of left field. So, you know, like I said, you know, when I'm on, t- on top of these things, I can get this news out to my subscribers and say, look, we got to sell this right now. And the reason why we have to sell this right now is um, because, you know, A, the Canadian government might end up, you know, putting the same sanctions because these sanctions specifically specifically targeted the gold mining industry, number one. That's a huge red flag, even if you're Canadian. So, uh, and the next thing is, is I'm a U.S. investor, and like 65% of my subscriber base are U.S. investors. So, what's to stop the U.S. government from saying, "Hey, you can't invest in this company because because they're going against our sanctions, our, our gold mining sanctions." So, you know, you're banned from trading this stock. That could, that's a very real possibility. And with so much 
value out there in other companies right now. You know, I don't want to hold anything that has any kind of red flag whatsoever uh, in, in, in you know, jurisdictional wise or, in, you know, anything. I mean, I, you know, there's there's so many uh, there's so many juniors out there that are that are so undervalued that are, that are in top tier jurisdictions that you don't have to worry about something like this, that, hey, I'd rather sell the stock. You know, fortunately for me, um, I'd purchased it, you know, quite a quite a long time ago and I still had some gains in it. So, you know, I, I didn't lose anything. I know some of my subscribers did and that's unfortunate, but I, I got the, I, I you know, I, I got the sell alert out as soon as I possibly could. And, you know, I, I, I've got a handful of thank you emails from, from, from subscribers for, for me doing that. But, um, you know, this is why you just have to be on top of, of everything in these companies. You have to constantly have, uh, you know, a communication pipeline to management. You know, you know, if you're a newsletter writer, you know, that affords you that luxury because they're going to answer your emails right away. And uh, they're going to get you the answers to your questions as soon as possible because they know that, that um, you know, you have you know, you have, a, you have, you have, uh, you know, a subscriber base that's invested in their stock. So this, so since I'm afforded this luxury, I take advantage of it. And, um, you know, this is, the, this is why, you know, when things like this happen. You have to, you have to be on top of it. From the get -go. Did you criticize yourself at all? Is there anything you could oh, have done differently on that one? Absolutely. Or? I mean, I mean, Nicaragua was, you know, basically, you know, in line with, with, you know, they're, they're in line with Russia. So, you know, I mean, that's what this is all about. You know, Ortega's not doing anything he hasn't been doing for the past several years. This is all about Russia and it's gold. So um, that's what I believe. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I, I should have saw this coming. I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's on me. What about Brazil? Are, what are your sentiment to Brazil? They look like they're in the middle of a civil war disputing over who actually won the election. Oh, but the, yeah, the far maybe. left guy who recently out of jail, I guess, uh, is in control here. Do you think that'll affect the gold industry in Brazil? Well, you know, um, it's too soon to tell. You know, I've, I've got one company that I'm invested in that's, that, that's in Brazil. It's a fantastic jurisdiction in Brazil. You know, it's not in the Amazon. There's, you know, gold mines uh, around it. There's infrastructure. There's access to skilled labor. I mean, it's a very uh, high-grade uh, project. You know, it's they're close to to uh, to issuing a feasibility study. It's got low capex. It's got everything going for it. And of course, the the stock is, you know, is is trading it at, you know, at, at a ridiculous undervaluation, like most of these other juniors. And, um, you know, I'm down on it, of course, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't see any reason to sell it yet. Um, but I am going to, I am going to reach out to management and, and talk to them, you know, you know, once this, once we find out, uh, more ab about who's actually going to be president, I, I know he's not, he's not ex accepting the defeat right now. And the, 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 the truckers are starting to pick it and the people are starting to, 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 to riot and it's, it's getting kind of ugly, but, um, you know, the same thing could very well happen here in, in a week, you know, because I don't expect any side to accept the result of the U S election either. So, you know, we could have the same thing break out as what happened last time, two years ago when, when, when Biden won the election. So, um, you know, there's political risk everywhere. Um, there's jurisdictional risk everywhere, even, you know, top tier jurisdictions. You know, I mean, the first thing I look at is do the people in that jurisdiction want mine? That's the big one for me.
you know, and, you know, in, in the case of, of, in the case of Calibra, yes, the people wanted it, you know, these sanctions came out of left field, you know, they, you know, I, I wasn't expecting it, but should I have seen it coming? Um, you know, I, 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 sh I should have been more uh, vigilant and possibly seeing it coming. I can say that. Dave, when it comes to management salaries for pre-revenue junior explorers or developers, are there any rule of thumbs that you can give my listeners for evaluating what is considerable, considered a reasonable salary? So, for example, I've been thinking this through myself. And for me, if it's a reputable person, not, not a newbie, you know, 30 grand a month, anything above that, I'm going to start to really look at and say, is this guy really worth more than 30 grand a month? Because most people don't even make 30 grand a month. Um, that is kind of like one line in the sand that I've been utilizing in my head. Uh, do you have anything like that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Especially if it's early stage, you know, if if this is a discovery play, you want as much of that money going into the ground as possible. I understand they make a little more money when they're de-risking something, you know, and they're dealing with capital markets and they're dealing with hiring the, the, the proper, uh, you know, construction team and things like that. I can understand them them, them being paid more money, but as but as far as an early stage explorer is concerned, absolutely. You don't want to see them making two, three, $400,000 a year, you know, um, because, you know, you, you want to see, you want to see them make that discovery, you know, first. And then, you know, once they start to find a deposit and then start risking it, obviously, you know, they, they should be paying themselves more money at that stage. But yeah, I mean, you got to watch these companies that, raise, you know, raise five, $10 million. And they, they have a, a drill program, uh, a decent sized drill program, but they're also paying themselves a lot of money. Then you're saying, okay, this money, some of this money should be going into the ground. Absolutely. Some of the companies you invested in um, that you currently hold in your portfolio are some of those executives lowering their salaries, considering the market conditions. <laughs> That's yeah. Um, that's rare. It would be nice to see, but I, I haven't seen that happen. You know, I, I saw that happen in one that I ended up had, having to sell where the, basically the whole, the entire executive team wasn't getting any salary. You know, you know, when, when I found that out and I found out how much they were, how much cash they were down to, okay, we need to sell this, the, this stock and, and take, this, uh, take, take the tax loss because uh, this is, this is, these are red flags. I mean, and this is why, you know, you keep constantly keep in touch with these management teams and ask these questions. No. What about uh, the gold producers, some of which are paying a 5% dividend? If we believe gold is going up, would it be better to just buy a gold producer that's going to at least pay you to wait? What's your take on that right now? Well, I, yeah, I, yeah, I understand you know, where you're saying, where you're coming from. I know um, a, a company like Newmont who just came out with their results today and they weren't sold aggressively like their Q2 results were. Um, but still paying that five percent dividend but as they said in the in the release and they said in 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 um in other uh financial statements that it's based on eighteen hundred dollar gold so if the gold price doesn't get back to eighteen hundred they're going to have to cut that dividend so you know just because these mining companies are paying large dividends right now doesn't mean they're going to be paying them uh you know uh in the immediate future if the gold price remains below eighteen hundred dollars so we need to get that gold price back up there for these for these companies to to maintain these dividends and for you to get like you say get paid to wait. Last question, Dave. When you're looking at a developer with an economic study, if the economic study has been done, let's say in the last three to four months, 
do you consider that data reliable? In other words, with where we're at with inflation, do you think inflation has subsided enough to where the data they put out in a feasibility study can be considered reliable? That's a great question because um, you, what you want to do is you want to ask these management teams, how, are, how much of these costs are fixed? Do you have contracts for, for fixed costs? And a lot of these companies do. They've, you know, they've, they've learned the lessons from previous companies making these, committing these sins. You know, like like Argonaut and and I am Gold and and Ascot. You know, they came out with these with, with with these capexes that continued to just go higher. You know, because they didn't fix any of their costs and they, and they, you know, like just like Jerome Powell, they didn't they they didn't properly you know factor in inflation. So um, that's 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 why you know these questions you you need to ask. I mean, as far if 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 if. If the study came out three, four months ago, it's fine if, if they fixed a lot of these costs, you know, and it also also depends on where you're, you know, where you're constructing the mine, you know, a company like um, Orzone, which I'm a shareholder in, you know, they've, they've fixed a lot of those costs. They were able to, to, to construct that mine on time, under budget, during COVID, during supply issues, during, you know, lockdowns and all that because of where they were constructing it and they had the forethought to, to fix a lot of those costs. So it all depends, you know, that, that question is, 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 you know, that's why you, when you do your due diligence and you talk to these companies, you ask these questions, you know, um, sh sure that CapEx looks great, but you know, what, is there any pitfalls that I have to worry about as far as inflation is concerned? Have you fixed any of those costs? And Dave, when you're looking at a, a developer or even an earlier stage project, what weighting in in your assessment is a third party, let's say firm or you know uh, a, a fund that invests, but they have geologists and engineers on their staff that evaluates these investments? If an institution such as that is invested in one of these companies, does that add weight to you, or what impact does that have on your decision making to invest? Well, um, that's do you, re question. do you rely on their opinion or just yours? Because you, neither you or me are engineers, right? So well, you definitely want to see, you know, I mean, that's that's one of the first things, I, you know, I asked, too, is, you know, who owns your stock? Because a lot of these companies, they don't even put the ownership um, percentages of who owns their stock on their presentation. They just say, you know, this is the share structure. This is how much cash we have, blah, 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 but they don't have any ownership information. So, you know, um, you want to find out who owns the stock. And if you can, a lot of times they, they can, they can tell you, they know of how much they paid for. It. How much did these institutions pay for? It? When did they come in? Do they have warrants? Uh, do, you know, um, what's their, what's their time horizon? Oh, I mean, because a lot of these companies, you know, like Waterton or, you know, some of these other, uh, institutions, you know, they're just, you know, they're just in it for uh, a trade. So, you know, you need to ask these questions of management. You know, I mean, sure, it looks good that institution A has a good sized position. You know, are they adding? You know, that's another thing. You know, I'm constantly scouring um, INK to see, you know, insider trades, who bought what, uh, who sold what. Especially now, right now, because uh, today's November 1st. Yesterday, October 31st, you saw 
uh, a handful of juniors have these huge volume spikes at the end of the day, right? And that was a fund selling for tax loss at the end of the day at month end book square. Usually, you know, that's, that's, that's usually what took place. So, you know, you get on the horn to management, you find out, okay, did you know who sold? And um, in one case, I saw that management took advantage of it and they bought shares. They took some of those shares. So you really, that's what you want to see right now. You want to see, you know, if, you know, you know if you're, if you're looking to, to, to um, bottom feed some of these fishing lines, you know, you want to, you want to make darn sure that um, management is still aligned with you. And if, if they're, if they're buying, you know, decent sized blocks of shares on the way down as well, then that's a, that's a great sign. And Dave, do you like management uh, being in the know of who's selling off their stock? Because I've talked to CEOs and they're like, Bill, I think I know who it is, but I have to do a little more investigation. And I kind of like that where the guy knows Absolutely. who he brought into the stock and who's exiting the stock. Absolutely. I've been in companies that they knew 95% of the shareholders, right? Or 90% of the shareholders. They knew the shareholders. You know, that, that could also be a red flag. That means like there's maybe not enough retail liquidity for the stock. So there's a fine line. You want to see a tight share structure, but you want to see, you know, you don't want to see too much retail flow, but you want to see enough to where retail can get in. So, yeah, it's, you know, there's so many things that you have to look at in these things, you know. I mean, um, that's why that, that's why I love the sector so much. It's such it's such a challenge. You know, if you can make money in this sector, then that's really saying something, especially in challenging times like this, because, I mean, if you're not buying now, then when are you going to buy? I mean, it's, you know, I mean, everything's being thrown out the window here. I mean, you know, quality junior babies are being thrown out with a lifestyle junior bathwater. Like, it, you know, their fundamentals don't matter. You know, gold in the ground doesn't matter. You know, companies that have multi millions of ounces in the ground are you know, giving no value for these things because the market obviously thinks that the gold price is going to go down to $1,350, and stay there because that's where the, that's where the GDXJ and GDX are basically trading at. The last time they were down at these levels, gold was at $1,350, $1,400. Well said, Dave. That's the opportunity. Uh, You offer a teaching service, not just a stock picking service. And I'm sure you have openings, right? Due to sentiment in the the market right now. (laughs) Plenty of room, Bill. Yes, (laughs) plenty of room. You cap it at 500 people. Um, And the website again is juniorminerjunkiewithay.com. Dave, thanks for the monthly check-in and I'll be speaking to you again in about 30 days. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot, Bill. Look forward to it. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts it might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances 
uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns, as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really you could do really really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks, don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can, do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.